You're listening to an audio message from Palm Vista Community Church. If you would like to check out more resources, please visit palmvista.org. All right. Well, welcome to Palm Vista Community Church. We are continuing this morning our Advent series entitled Christmas on High. Christmas on High as we're watching the Christmas story unfold from an angel's perspective. And this morning, we're going to be studying in Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 67 until verse 79. So Luke chapter 1 and verse 67. And in our passage this morning, we are continuing the story we heard two weeks ago about Zechariah. If you remember, Zechariah uh, was a priest, and Zechariah's wife, Elizabeth, was barren, But while Zechariah was serving in the temple, offering sacrifices in preparation for the sacrificial lamb of God, Zechariah was visited by the angel Gabriel. And Gabriel told Zechariah that he would have a son, and Zechariah doubted this angel. He said, how can this be, for my wife is barren and we are of old age? And the angel Gabriel made Zechariah silent. When we last saw Zechariah, Uh, He uh, was walking home from the temple, silent and downcast. He had been unable to declare the blessings of God over the people of God because he did not believe the messenger of God. Like us, so often, Zechariah was so focused on the immediate obstacles of life, he saw those obstacles as insurmountable and missed God's grand plan. However, in our passage this morning, Zechariah has just watched this baby boy be born. This son that he doubted could come to being has been born, and he's been deaf and silent for more than nine months. But now this this promised one by this angel is here. And Zechariah's lips are opened, and he praises God. He praises God from this new heavenly perspective and sings God's song of salvation. So turn with me to Luke chapter one, starting in verse 67. And let's hear this song of salvation that Zechariah sings with the birth of his son. Hear the word of the Lord. And his father, that's John's father, the baby boy, his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he prophesied, saying, blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of the holy prophets of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham, and to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear and holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. You will go before the Lord, to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of their sins 
because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet to the way of peace. Amen. Well, Lord, thank you that we have this song of salvation recorded for us in your scripture. Lord, I, I pray this morning that you would, you would open up deaf ears and open up mute lips, just like you opened Zechariah's ears and lips, Lord, that there, there would be hearts that hear, even for the first time in a fresh way this morning, the gospel of your grace. Lord, that the way to be saved is through the, the covering of our sins in Christ Jesus. Lord, I pray that that message would pierce hearts this morning. Lord, I pray that you would stir up our hearts to sing this song of salvation with Zechariah. Give us your spirit, Lord. Speak through your word this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I, I still remember to this day the first night that I spent with my oldest daughter, Mary, when she was born. Um, Mary was born at home, and, uh, and so that very night we were able to have her to ourselves. And I remember that first night, she was a very quiet baby, but I remember holding her close, and, uh, and I sang a song over her. Um, it's a song that's really dear to me. It's a song that I've actually sung for her and for each of her younger siblings almost every night uh, of their lives since, since that night. Um, and the song is, is one that you're probably familiar with. Um, it's a song that goes like this. I'm not going to sing it, but I'll tell you the words. <laughs> My voice, I'm, I've got a cold, guys, all right? So I'm, I'm, I'm holding back, all right? goes, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot you have taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. And I sing that song over my kids at night because that, that is my deepest desire for my children. And as they grow and mature, and they grow in the Lord, that they could say in their hearts, no matter what life brings to them, it is well, it is well with my soul. And in our passage this morning, Zechariah, he's, he's holding his brand new baby child, this son that was promised, that he thought could never come to be, and he's holding this, this young newborn son in his hands, and he's singing a song of salvation over him. This, this miracle baby, this, this gift of God. But Zechariah's song this morning, it's not some ordinary song. We read that it's actually a prophetic song. He's been filled with the Spirit and able to, to declare a prophecy over this child. This Zechariah, this same Zechariah whose lips were shut because he doubted God's messenger, has been given by God prophetic words for his son, John. And these prophetic words are over his son, John, and he's, he's singing them over him, but he's also singing him over the people of God and singing these words over you and over me this morning. He's singing the song of salvation. What song is your heart singing this morning, church? What song do you have on your heart today? 
My, my hope this morning is that as we study Zechariah's prophetic song of salvation, your heart and, and my heart would be stirred to sing along. Whatever the circumstances or obstacles that lie before you, we could sing this song of salvation because our God has redeemed his people. He has kept his promises and rescued us from the chains of sin and forgiven us by his tender mercy. And so we sing his song of salvation. In our text this morning, we find that one way that we sing this song of salvation is by rejoicing in redemption. Rejoicing in redemption. Look with me at verse 68. Zechariah sings, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. See, in this first stanza of Zechariah's song, he begins by rejoicing in God, by rejoicing in this God who, uh, he says, blessed be the Lord God of Israel. And the reason for his rejoicing is this, this God, this Yahweh has, has visited and redeemed his people. He has visited, he has drawn near to them and redeemed them. To, to redeem is to, is to buy someone out of slavery, to, to, to rescue someone at a cost, to, to set someone free from bondage. And the picture here is of God's people who are in bondage. They're in bondage uh, certainly to, to sin. And God has, has set them a powerful savior to set them free and rescue them. To set us free from the bondage of sin that we might rejoice in him forever. And he did this by sending a mighty savior. In verse 69, Zechariah says, he has visited and redeemed his people, in 69, and raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophet from of old. Zechariah is singing about how God has redeemed his people by raising up a mighty savior. This mighty savior he calls a horn of salvation. The reason for this is, is in ancient Israel and in Israeli thought or Hebrew thought at the time, uh, a horn is what an animal uses. It's, it's the strength and power of an animal. So an animal with a large horn is able to protect himself and defeat his enemies. And so uh, a horn of salvation is, is this idea is this, this powerful savior, one, one savior who is powerful to, to redeem and to protect and to save his people. This powerful Savior has been raised up by God to redeem his people just as he promised to the prophets of old. This is a prediction that one from the, from the house of David would redeem God's people. It's the liberation that the people of Israel had been waiting for for generation upon generation. That a descendant of David would come and rescue them from slavery and rule over them as their king forever. And so Zechariah is rejoicing in God's redemption, that God has purchased freedom for his people. And he's done this by sending a powerful savior for them and for you this morning. And we see that this savior redeems us by rescuing us from our enemies. Look at verse 71. He says that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Church, our greatest enemies are not people or institutions here on this earth. And though we certainly, 
certainly wrestle against people and institutions here. Our, our greatest enemies are spiritual. Our greatest enemies are, are Satan and, and, and the sin that dwells in our own hearts. And at times, God does provide rescue in physical and financial, relational and political means. The, the salvation that's going to make our hearts sing for eternity is the deliverance from the just wrath of God that has been purchased for you and for me on the cross. You see, apart from the redeeming work of Jesus, our greatest enemy, your greatest enemy, apart from Christ, is not your boss. It's not your wife or your husband. It's not your teacher. It's not the IRS. Our greatest enemy, apart from the work of Christ, is God himself. Because apart from God's work on the cross, we were enemies of God. But God has visited and redeemed his people. God sent his son, Jesus, to transform you from an enemy to a child of God, a beloved child of God by shedding his very blood for you and for me. And he has defeated death on the cross, our greatest enemy. He has defeated death once and for all to rescue us for, to something that is eternal and imperishable. Church, are you rejoicing in that redemption this morning? Are you rejoicing that God has rescued you from your greatest enemy, that he has made you his friend and redeemed you for all eternity? Oh, church, let us sing the song of salvation by rejoicing in redemption because God has sent a powerful Savior and saved us from our enemies. We also see that this song of salvation cannot be sung with our lips alone, but it's a song that we're to sing with our hearts and with our lives. Look at verse 74. Zechariah sings that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might do what? Might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. Guys, Zechariah is singing about serving God. Zechariah doesn't see service to God as a burden that he must carry, but as a delight, as a, as a gift of God, as, as one of the intended outcomes of our salvation, as the goal of our deliverance, that we would serve God with all of our lives for, for all of our lives. Friends, there will be a day when Christ returns and we will be raised to new, unperishable life with him and we will be able to serve him in perfect holiness and righteousness for all of eternity without any blemish. And we look forward to that day, don't we, church? But this, this serving God without fear is also something we're to do in this life as well. We have the privilege of serving God as those who have been set aside by God for good works, which he's prepared beforehand that you and you and you and you and me, that we should walk in them. This doesn't mean that we're gonna be perfect in this life, but we are able by God's mercy because we've been delivered from our sin, delivered from our enemy, ultimately in Christ, that we can serve him without fear. Because we are secure in the love and the promises of God and, and confident that his spirit is at work within us. And we know that our hearts are able to rejoice 
we are able to rejoice at the redemption that God has purchased for us on the cross. What song is your heart singing this morning? What song are you singing not only with your heart, but with your mind and with your body? Are there areas of your life perhaps that you are, you are holding back from the Lord, that you are holding out from serving him with your whole heart and life? Perhaps you've gone through a season of backsliding, a season of, of singing a different song, of giving your lips and your heart and your mind and your body over to, to serve someone other than God. Or would you turn this morning to this, this God who's whose generous love has been poured out for you. Friends, we were created and we were saved to serve God with everything that we are. And as he pulls us back and we see the big picture of his work in creation, his work in our lives, there is nothing more delightful than a life that is fully sold out to and submitted to him. I pray that that would be your experience this morning as well. Certainly in Zechariah's life, we see that he was transformed in this way. From one who doubted, unable to see past the immediate obstacles that were in his life to, to being so caught up in God's amazing work that he's made it two-thirds of the way through this song without even mentioning the child that's in his arms. <laughs> he's so enamored with God and his incredible work and in salvation that he hasn't even mentioned this gift that God has given him that he's holding in his arms. But that changes in verse 76. We see that Zechariah, he, he turns his eyes down to this, this small little child in his arms. And he answers the question that the crowds have been asking, and which is, what then will this child be? And so in verse 76, he sings, and you, child, you will be called the prophet of the Most High. You will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of sins because of the tender mercy of our God. See, Zechariah's child, John, is going to be a prophet, but not just any prophet. He will be the prophet of the Most High. As we learned two weeks ago, John is going to stand in for all the law and the prophets of old, and he is going to point explicitly to Jesus as the fulfillment of the Old Testament and everything that we read in the Old Testament. And the language here in verse 76 connects John to the prophet Isaiah who predicted that one would come to point to this coming Savior. Isaiah speaks of this one, and he says, A voice cries in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. And so John, as the prophet of the Most High, will prepare the way for Jesus, who in verse 32 is called the Son of the Most High. And so the prophet of the Most High will point to the Son of the Most High and prepare the way for the Lord by proclaiming that salvation is found only in the forgiveness of sins. Zechariah's prophetic song is a gospel song. It is a song that John the Baptist, his son, will sing after him as John proclaims the way of salvation, pointing people to Jesus as the only solution for sinful hearts. And Jesus will redeem God's people by defeating death once and for all and forgiving them of their sins. 
fulfilling the hopes of Israel and making a way for you and for me to make things right with God. What's absolutely astonishing that we read here in our passage is that this forgiveness is not something that God was obligated to do. Nobody was was twisting God's arm and, and forcing him to send his son to redeem us. We see that Jesus' saving work was motivated by something different. It was motivated by God's tender mercy for his people. Look with me at verse 77. He says, to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of sins. Why? Because of the tender mercy of our God. Because of the tender mercy of our God. Tender mercy is, speaks of this, this visceral, affectionate, emotional compassion that God has for his people. It's not something cold or calculated, but a, but a deep-seated love and compassion. It's the kind of love that I felt for my young Mary when she was first born, and each of my children as I, as I held them in my arms that first night. It's warm and affectionate. It's, it's caring and covering. And as I sang over her that night in her sleep, so also the love of a kind, caring father is this tender mercy that God has for us. He delights in holding his children close, especially when they're weak and especially when they are dependent upon him. God saved us that we might have intimacy with him. He saves us because he longs for a relationship with those that he holds dear. And I don't know who this morning needs to to hear this, but, but listen, God's love for you, it's not cold and calculated. God loves you with a tender mercy. And you may not have had a father on earth who had this kind of tender, merciful, affectionate love for you. And you may feel this morning, perhaps even that God is angry or disappointed or or somehow holding out on you until you can get your act together. But listen to me, God loves you with a tender mercy. He loves you with pure and gentle affection. And this affection for you is warm and patient. And he sent his only son to rescue you from slavery because he loves you with an affectionate, compassionate love. He didn't have to do that. And he, he, he rescued you with this affectionate, tender mercy that you might sing his song of salvation. Friends, our God, he is, he is not distant or far off. His affection is near to us, and his affection is intimate. It's by his tender mercy that God sent his son Jesus to to visit us and bring us light in the darkness. In verse 78, Zechariah says, because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise, that's Jesus, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high. This is Jesus. He has visited us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. 
Are you sitting in darkness this morning? Do you sit in the shadow of death? Do you want to know the way to peace? It is in Jesus Christ. Draw near to him with me this morning. Cry out to this God whose tender mercy is for you. This God who has not kept his distance from you, but has drawn near with compassion in his arms and compassion in his eyes. And the song on his lips is one of love for you. He has come to bear your grief and your sorrow on the cross that you might sing his song of salvation and follow him to the way of peace. If you're here this morning and, and you don't have that peace with God. You can't sing this morning and say that it is well with your soul because you know there's something not right there between you and the Lord. Listen, you don't have to live in darkness anymore. Jesus died for your sins and he, he rose from the grave and the sun has risen in the sky so we no longer have to live in darkness and he has weighed a way for you to have peace. Peace with yourself, peace with others, and most importantly, peace with God. You can have peace with him today. This morning, you can make things right with God and have peace with him now and forevermore. Submit your life to God this morning and experience the tender mercy of this God who has come to rescue you. He has come to rescue you and to set you free that you might sing with joy and rejoice at his redemption and sing the song of salvation today and tomorrow and next week and a month from now and 10,000 years from now in his presence forevermore. If that's you this morning, I, I encourage you, take a moment, even as, as we, in a few minutes, we'll finish this service to, to pray to this God. You can even do that now. And confess to him the darkness in your heart. Confess to him the sin that has kept you from him. Let me tell you, there is no darkness too dark, no sin too scandalous that it can forever separate you from God, that cannot be redeemed by the love of this tender, merciful God who purchased you by his blood. Because God in his tender mercy, he is listening this morning. And he is ready to receive you into his arms. Pray to him. Draw near to the God of tender mercy, the God who redeems and rescues his people. Look, if you don't know what to pray, pray to him and ask him to draw near to you. And you can come and talk to me and I can pray with you as well after the service. But please, don't wait to make things right with this God. Don't wait. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. Draw near to him. His tender mercy is, is ready to receive you into his arms. If you're a Christian here this morning and, and you know this tender mercy of God, but your heart is struggling to sing the song of salvation, struggling to see that mercy clearly and be moved by his grace. The holiday seasons are a busy season. A lot of us, I know this morning, are wrestling with illness. Our hearts can feel dull and rusty, out of touch with God and distant. Listen, even, even when you're not singing Christian, even when your heart is not singing this song of salvation as it should, your God is still singing over you.
hear me, your God, if you have placed your faith in Jesus, even when you cannot form the words on your lips, would you hear his loving voice singing over you this morning as he holds you in his arms and whispers, it is well, it is well with your soul. Church, let us be stirred together this morning. Let us be stirred together to sing the song of salvation because our God has redeemed us. He has drawn near with his tender mercy that we might serve him without fear. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you are a merciful, patient God. Lord, thank you that you are a God who draws near to the weak and to the helpless. Lord, we confess this morning our inadequacy to, to sing this song as we might, as we should. Lord, we confess our inadequacy to serve you as you deserve to be served. Lord, we are desperate this morning for your tender, compassionate mercy to rescue us this morning. Lord, would you stir our hearts to sing to you this morning, to sing and praise, Lord, to declare the truth that you are sufficient for us, that, that you, our mighty Savior, have come to rescue us and set us free. Lord, thank you that by your mercy we are free in Christ indeed. And Lord, that when we do not have the words to sing, we don't have the strength to sing, Lord, that you continue to sing over us this morning. And Lord, for those that, that feel that tug in their heart, Lord, that you are calling them, Lord, to, to trust in you this morning, I pray, Lord, that you would, you would give courage to take that step. Holy Spirit, would you move on hearts, Lord God, and, and bring the courage to step out and trust, Lord, that you have purchased them by your blood, Lord. Lord, would you lead us into paths of peace, and make right, Lord, what is crooked. Draw us to yourself this morning, Lord. Stir our hearts to sing. We trust in you because of the blood of Jesus Christ that's been poured out for us. We pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to find out more resources or see how you can donate to this ministry, simply visit palmvista.org. And be sure to subscribe so you can stay up to date with upcoming teachings. 